Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. My name is Megan Shoffrey. I'm a filmmaker and a film student at Edinburgh University. I'm Stuart Nash, filmmaker, educator, and the director of the Greater Erie Film Office. And I'm John Lyons, filmmaker, teaching artist, and executive director of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania. On this week's Film Grain, we will be discussing Cold War, screening for the first time in Erie at the Bourbon Barrel, Wednesday, April 17th, as part of our Downtown Dinner in a Movie series. Our guest, Jennifer Dworak of Jennifer Dworak Photography, and our roundtable discussion, The Struggles of Being a Creative Entrepreneur in the Rust Belt and How to Become Part of the Solution. If you've never been to Film Grain, Dinner in a Movie, in downtown Erie, Pennsylvania at the Bourbon Barrel. We want to see you down there because we have our big 16-foot screen. We have a great buffet with vegetarian options. We have couch and table service all night long, and that's located at the Bourbon Barrel, 1213 State Street, Erie, PA. Remember, you can reserve your tickets online at filmsocietynwpa.org. Seats are $12, and couch seats, which I highly recommend, are $15. Make sure you get those online and in advance because they go quick. So, John, let's talk about this week's film, Cold War. So, Cold War, as you said, first time in Erie. It's a beautiful black-and-white film by writer-director Pavel Pavlovsky. He was nominated for three Oscars for this film, for cinematography, for direction, and for best foreign language film. It also was nominated for over 100 other big awards last year. So a very personal story from the filmmaker. It's based on the relationship of his parents. It goes through the Iron Curtain time period in Poland, as well as up to and beyond the construction of the Berlin Wall. So these are two musicians trying to navigate through all of this hardship going on around them in the world and the effects on their rather tumultuous uh, relationship. So that is Cold War. Uh, Recommendations, I have one big one. Uh, Ida is the director's previous film from 2013. It won the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film then. You can find it on Canopy and Fandor or rent it. In my opinion, it is a a perfect film. It's about a nun who's about to take her vows and uncovers a family secret uh, dating back to the German occupation. And she learns about life and love while traveling with her aging aunt. So that's our film for the week. I saw Ida. I thought it was great. Yeah, his cinematography is fabulous. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful black and white. So, uh, you know, a rarity in Erie anyways to see a foreign language film, but, you know, one shot in 4 by 3 and black and white. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really, really good movie. Jennifer Dworak of Jennifer Dworak Photography in Erie, Pennsylvania. She was a critical care nurse licensed in 15 states, a nurse educator with a medical device company, and a college professor at a university in Cleveland prior to her photography profession. So Jennifer, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you went from nursing to photography? Sure. Do you want the short <laughs> or the long? Um, so yes, I actually went to Gannon for nursing. I started there uh, pre-med. I met a Lee Cum student and he said, 
if you don't want this more than you want life itself, don't do it. So I transferred into nursing, um, very successful career in that. I did a lot in my short 12 years doing that. What had happened is, you know, I always was a hobbyist photographer in high school. I uh, did the yearbook and everything like that. But when I started travel nursing, when I started getting licensed in different states and traveling around and just really, you know, when you're working in a place, you're not like on vacation, you get to really experience the culture there and the surroundings. So I was by myself and I, the camera was the best way to share that with people. So I photographed everywhere I went. Um, the people there, the, the surroundings, that I was in and I just thoroughly loved it. A couple of the prints I enlarged for my home and uh, friends and family would come over and ask me where I bought them. Hmm. So I was like, hmm, that's really weird. People found out that I had a camera and they're like, oh, you know, they started asking me to do small jobs, family pictures, senior pictures, and I just was obsessed. I remember in the beginning just like devouring everything I could on photography thank god for the internet and YouTube <laughs> so I just spent a lot of time because of the lifestyle that I had so I would contract somewhere work for a couple months um, I had a lot of open time to schedule shoots between jobs so that's what I did and once I figured out it was probably a business <laughs> you know more and more people referral base was just coming to me I really niched down right away into senior portraits. I really resonate with young people. I don't know. I, I don't want to be old. So um, it, being surrounding yourself with younger people is, is my tip for you if you want to stay young. But yeah, so I just, it just happened to me. I wasn't trying to make it a business. I didn't have any goals to, you know, start anything. Um, fortunately, my husband has his own business and he works in a big warehouse. So he gave me a big room and said, make this a studio. So oh, awesome. um, yeah, it was really at the time. And I started with lights from 1978 that every time we turned them on they would smoke and like I mean it was like ridiculous so I started small people pay paid me and I was like okay now I need to figure out how to make this a business oh, that's awesome. so that's the short story <laughs> <laughs> and then did you pursue education in photography after that yeah or how did you get into Sue Bryce portrait masters um yeah so basically wow that was a long time ago basically what happened is because I you know I already had like I wasn't going to go back to college for this this was something that I had to teach myself and again I, I spent many hours online there's a lot of free resources uh, creative live is a great resource for um, not just photography but other creative arts um, but they have classes there. So I did workshops. Um, I was part of an organization. The very first year I got into this, um, I won a scholarship to go to Palm Springs on a very intimate workshop with some of the Canon Explorers of Light, which is a huge, like, I was, like, overwhelmed. It would be like if you were sitting in a room with, like, Tom Cruise and, like, all these <laughs> actors. I was sitting with these, like, really amazing award-winning photographers and I was able to walk around and shoot with them and learn from them and so I felt very privileged and I I always like well where can I go to another one of these um, so I really spent a lot of money on educating myself through private workshops uh, conventions so Portrait Masters is something that I got into a couple years ago. So my business has really transitioned from day one. I, I spent a lot of time, I would say the first five, six years, focusing on the high school senior market. About two years ago, I really kind of looked at where my business was headed and decided that for me, a transition to women's portraiture was going to be the best for me because photography is offered in high school now. 
and college. Um, a lot of the kids are taking their friends' pictures, and they're not really invested in the experience that I'm selling them. There's a very small niche, and Erie is a tough market, but I offer very much an experience at my studio. Uh, some of these kids I was taking to New York City for their senior portraits. Um, we went to L.A. I shot at Disney. So we were traveling and doing this, like, if you could design your own experience, what would it look like? And then I would give them that. So there's a small niche of people that do want that. But um, for my business, I felt like if I opened it up to, like, all women, because as my business grew, I realized I wasn't just a photographer. I was changing the way these people saw themselves. And honestly, I probably, looking back now, this was happening the whole time. I just wasn't paying attention. I was so focused on, like, technical things, like how do these lights <laughs> stop smoking or whatever. And so I, I kept hearing the moms come to me and say, like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what you did to my daughter, but she's going out for theater now, and she's trying out for these things. And it's just – it's really hard to get in front of a camera. And then when you do and you get comfortable, something changes. It's like yeah. this magical thing goes off, and I, I see it during my shoots. So I thought, why not share that with everyone? Because really what I do is I empower people to see themselves like the world sees them. It's not just a photograph, you know? It's much more deeper than that. And so I've definitely grown as an artist to really come into what it is that I am offering and what I'm doing. And that's helped define my brand a little bit better now. And so when I talk to women or teenagers or <laughs> little kids, um, we have that conversation. We, we talk about, like, how do you see yourself in pictures? What, what would you want if I could create anything? Because I can. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, uh, what would it look like? And so um, as I've been studying my craft and really evolving as an artist last year I had the opportunity to work with through Portrait Masters a gentleman his name is Felix Kuntz he's um British and he just happened to work with Annie Leibovitz for about eight years wow and so <laughs> he um I I took a lighting class from him um and it was just mind-blowing um and so I, I I'm still evolving as an artist, but I'm really in tune now with what it is that I do. Yeah. And that's empowering women. That's amazing. How long does it take about for like a session, you know, so you start with talking to the client about what they want and then how long does it take to evolve that to getting the picture done and editing it and getting the final piece Yeah, to them? so it's it's um, a very involved process. Um, and the very beginning is what's the most important part. So I actually go to my clients' homes. We have what's called a style and custom consultation. So I'll go to their home and um, we'll go through wardrobe choices. We'll talk about themes. We'll talk about who they want to include. Um, a lot of a big question I do ask is, you know, who would you want in your portraits. I find many women don't have any photographs of them and their husband. I mean, they got married and then that's it. <laughs> um, you are 25 forever in photographs. Um, you know, the print is very important. People aren't printing photos. So we talk about that at the consultation. We talk about style, what we want it to look like, who's going to be involved. We kind of just lay the game plan out there. Um, it gives me an opportunity to help them with their wardrobe so I can go in their closet and see what they have and kind of guide them on what you want to wear. That's very important in photographs. And then afterwards, about two weeks later, we have the shoot. The shoot involves a, an hour of professional hair and makeup. So I work with two amazing hair and makeup girls. It's an opportunity for them 
to like not only get pampered, right? But it gives them like an hour of just like chill time, right? Just sit in right. the chair, get pampered, like <laughs> love it up because, you know, next is the scary part. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there may or may not be wine involved in that. Um, and so... <laughs> Sorry. A whole experience. Yeah, it is an experience. I want them to have a day for themselves. This is really about, you know, you go and get your hair done and you feel amazing. This is like a whole day of just that. Like, it's all about them and what they want. Uh, We play their music. We, you know, offer them wine and have them relax and get pampered in the chair. Um, I'm running around the studio setting up what what I deem we're going to do. So it's very much um, I look at their wardrobe and figure out what I – think aesthetically will work with what concept we're we're doing and what bring because it's not necessarily the stuff I saw at the consultation and then I set everything up and we get going and the first outfit is always that most people need about 15 minutes to like get into the groove it's very awkward I put you in positions that your body doesn't (laughs) normally I mean it looks normal in camera but Mm -hmm. it's it's very much controlled I I guide them through everything so just how to smile I, I we have fun obviously on the set so it's it's very easy for me to bring that authentic person out really quickly yeah because um, I'm like so awesome <laughs> um, and people just get it they get it like right so it takes some people are like nervous you know a little bit longer than others but once they get and see what we're doing and it's not painful it's yeah. it's pretty quick I shoot for about two hours we do three looks and then afterwards they come back about um, 10 days afterwards to see so I have a, what's called a preview appointment or reveal appointment and so we do, I do in-person reviews of their images and an ordering session. Um, I do this because they need help. It is very overwhelming to see um, pictures of yourself and in, in bunches of them. It's very, very hard to kind of figure out which ones are the best. So we actually sit down. It's about an hour and a half. And I've already then narrowed them down. And each set that we do, I retouch fully like one or two images so they can kind of get an idea of what those are going to look like. And then we pick them out. So um, we, I help them put together, you know, which are their favorites, what would they would like to see on the wall. Wall portraits are a big part of what I do. I'm very passionate about hanging your portrait on the wall because what happens when you look at say the vacation photos from Disney immediately brings you back to that time you're like oh my gosh I remember that so if I have a portrait on the wall of somebody that's maybe not feeling their best they can instantly look at that and be like Jen is so awesome (laughs) Um, no they (laughs) no that's not what they're gonna say Um, (laughs) they'll probably they'll probably look at that and be like oh that was an amazing day for me so um so after I help them get their order together, then it's about two to four weeks, depending on the products they order. Um, I decided a while ago that because of the level of um, involvement in creating these portraits, I spend about 12 hours per client. Um, the concept consultation and the actual shoot and then all the editing and stuff, um, I feel like I would be doing a disservice if we didn't print these. Mm-hmm and we didn't hang them on the wall. So everything that I sell comes with a digital file. I don't care if you have the digital or not. If you wanna share it on social media, that's great. What's important to me is that they get a print because I, I'm i a service-based business, so I have to give them something tangible mm-hmm. that they can hold on for a lifetime. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like complete if I didn't offer that. Yeah. 
It sounds like an awesome experience. It is. I want it for everybody. And you can definitely see it in the portraits. You know, everyone that you photograph seems to have this like air of confidence about them. Yeah. I mean, it's what, so I learned this from um, Platon. He, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Um, He's a very famous portrait artist, Um, does a lot of, for Newsweek, Time Magazine, covers, photographs, Putin, (laughs) um, Obama, like some major people. Um, You know, he talked a little bit about how his life through photography is. And um, he was live with us at Portrait Masters last year, so it was amazing to, to be able to meet him and listen to him speak. But what he made me realize is what you see in my portraits or like any other portrait photographer is a bit of me. So when when a client is looking at the camera, they're they're really responding to me and who I am because they're not going to look at that person the same way as if it was you guys (laughs) um it's just different they they connect with me and that's that's what you're seeing in the portraits it's it's called connection and it's like probably one of the most important things in a portrait is to be able to to get that authentic look um a lot of my portraits are stoic um because I just don't respond to like cheese and that you know what I mean I mean we see people like that all the time and I do have some fun portraits as well but I'm really inspired by like kind of an old masters when people would sit for their portrait um and that just raw look um that's what I really gravitate to so that's what you see shifting a little bit can you tell us about some of your national awards sure (laughs) so um back when I was really high school senior focused um I went after everything that they had in that industry Pretty much, I mean, I I didn't really enter a lot because I was like, eh, I don't need any awards. I mean, really, honestly, like it's nice to say you win one, you now you now you're a national award winning photographer. It's funny. Um, I remember when I first started and I was in my husband's warehouse. Uh, I went. I had a client that came in. Uh, there were three little kids, a uh, family. They submitted one of my pictures to uh, Child Model Magazine. And it got published. And this is like seven months into my career. And I'm like, this is easy. <laughs> I was like, wow, I just got published in a magazine. That's amazing. So that was kind of the start of it, not really like a, an award. Um, but when I got into the high school senior market, then I was involved with an organization called Seniors Ignite. And I won top five girl portfolio for them. I don't know what year that was, maybe 2017. I also was involved with Senior Style Guide. They produce a magazine as well. Every year they pick the top 100 in the country. So I won that, I think, 2018. I also submitted for a teen magazine. Uh, they picked the top 25 in the country, and I won top 25 um, most influential teen photographers. Wow. That was just a few years ago. And so I had all these like teen things <laughs> under my belt. Um, I did do competition. So there's a convention that I go to every year called SYNC, Senior Youth National Conference. And I submitted for a competition print there and uh, merited there. And then I got into Portrait Masters like, I would say two years ago. I didn't enter until this year. <laughs> so I was like, eh, let's try it. So what they do is they actually have like sort of a accreditation program. You have to, you know, get so many points to get your accreditation and then there's different levels. So I'm like, well, let's try it. So I submitted seven images and all seven of merited. Um, and I should have probably submitted more. Now that I'm looking back, I'm like, Rrr. Um, okay, so um, it's very hard. These are some of the best in the nation, looking at your work and judging them. So it's like, 
mind-blowing that I all of them merited so that was exciting that was just like last month or two months ago very recently and so now I'm like they do it twice a year so now I'm like okay we're on now I'm going for gold this time like um now I get how it works uh so it's it's I don't need these things but it's you know like I said it's very rewarding for your peers to be looking at your work because there's I mean everybody's a photographer so um to be part of an organization that is like literally, and this is international. So there are, I'm, I'm competing with people from all over the different oh, countries. Wow. Um, it's insane. Um, and so my goal this time around is to, to get into the top 21 of the categories. I think they have like nine different, like children, maternity, dance. Um, so I'm going to go for top 20. That's going to be really hard, but we'll see. In our industry, there's people that excel at lighting. There's people that excel at posing so the different components so they try to bring in people a lot of the people that came in last year really helped us encourage us to to start working on personal projects and so I have two right now that I I have figured out that I want to do and once I get into my new studio I think I'm going to be starting some personal projects and probably writing some grants for it so I'm excited for that because I wouldn't have thought of doing something like this right that's exciting. Without going there and listening to... Because mm-hmm. for me, the reward is in actually what's happening at that shoot. I see it in every one of my clients. They come out of the dressing room, they look at themselves in the mirror like they've never seen themselves before. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to give that to anybody, it doesn't have to be about beauty. It's about seeing yourself for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Maybe maybe people don't even look in the mirror. Um, because of my medical background, one of the projects I want to work with is um, terminally ill patients. I would be an honor to photograph them and gift them something for their families, but not only that is is to really tell their story. So that's something I'm really passionate about and I see that coming together and possibly, you know, doing a book. Yeah. Soon. Oh wow. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's so exciting. Um and then you recently got selected for the Erie Art Museum's oh, spring I about show, that. right? <laughs> I did. I did. So tell us about that process a little okay, bit. Okay, so I never thought of myself as that type of artist, right? I mean Obviously, it's art, what I do, um, but because I'm commissioned by you know, private clients, yeah. I, nobody's going to buy their photos or you know, hang it in a gallery and sell like your photo. The inspiration behind entering this came from my sister. She works there, and she is the um, director of development. She was like, Jen, you really ought to enter this. Like, you're really good. And I'm like, I don't really do that kind of art. <laughs> like, I was like really pushing back, and she's like, no. So I've never entered. i just been sitting in Erie for eight years, like, whatever um and I kind of looked up the juror and I'm like he's not going to be into photography like he's like a sculptor or something um but hey so um they limit you to three I like had five prints selected and framed and everything and then I went down I'm like they're like oh you can only submit three and I'm like oh so I gave them I guess my top three and the ironic thing is so one got selected um and it's a picture of a boy (laughs) It's a man. It's a man, not a boy. Um, it's one of my female client's husbands that she brought in, and it's an amazing portrait. I titled it Modern Abe. Um, he literally looks like Abe Lincoln, <laughs> but like in the modern. And he's so stoic. And um, I've, it, it's, it won um, at Portrait Masters. It um, was my highest scoring print. So um, the juror did good. <laughs> well, congratulations. So, that's, yeah. that's a big deal. Let me ask you a techie nerd question. Yeah. How many cameras and lenses do you own, and what's your preferred 
model? So I um, I started with Canon, and I just I've been there. I momentarily thought I was going to switch to Sony, but Canon came out with a mirrorless. So um, throughout my entire career, I have been shooting with older cameras. Um, I've never bought a new camera. Surprise. <laughs> Because why? And so Adam shot with a box, um, and he did okay. You do, it's not the camera. So I did just upgrade to the Canon R, uh, the mirrorless. Um, still getting used to that. It's just so techy. Um, uh, but I shoot. It's a digital SLR. Uh, I came from a Canon 5D Mark II, which was came out like 2006. Yep. So I've been shooting with that for this pretty much the entire time um, and decided to check out the mirrorless um, the lenses is really what you want to invest your money in um, I have switched started with zooms and switched over to primes because because of what I do I'm in a portrait studio I can move my feet um, primes take sharper better images all around uh, the quality is just better so I do use I have a 35 50 and an 85 that are my like go-to lenses. And then if I do on location stuff, I have the 70-200, which is amazing for compression outside. So um, I use that outside because I don't have that long of a studio to shoot a 200 inside. So Jennifer, you've been doing photography for about eight years, and it sounds like um, you know you're a true like independent artist, DIY, figure it out on your own. Which I think many of us in this region and probably anywhere have had to do that is to kind of you know bite and claw your way through and and find your own path in your own way, but. Um, you kind of inspired our discussion through a recent Facebook post that you had on the uh, Erie Entrepreneurs group on Facebook. Um, and it really got us thinking because, you know, I, my wife and I, we have a couple LLCs ourselves, And when we were starting our first one, Lion's Den Productions, there wasn't anywhere um, that we could go really besides the internet. Um, to figure about, you know, just how do I start my own business? How do I register the name and form an LLC and do the taxes and all those types of things? And I, I think you touched on, you know, a lot of the challenges that you had. Um, but I like when you said you want to be part of the solution for people. So those that are, you know, like Meg, that are getting out of college and um, going to be starting their own business and their careers. Yeah, we need to find a way to um, make it a little easier, I think, for, for the next people coming up here in Erie. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, I definitely, you know, having a nursing background and no business classes, I was kind of like, okay, well, somebody's going to be able to answer some questions for me. Um, and I really didn't find, you know, it's kind of, I don't even know, glass mirrors kind of thing. Like, you see that there's resources there, but they don't really work for you. Um, and so I was hitting walls when I was asking, like, for advice or not even hitting walls, but being discouraged. Mm. And that, for me, was like, it just made it even all the more I needed to do this. Yeah. Um, nobody was going to help me. Um <laughs> like other than myself. And so I really 
like I really felt like I was going to explore all the resources that we had here and then if that didn't work out I, I needed to, to just talk to other people and so fortunately for me I had mentors and support outside the community but okay. I have been approached and like I said I, I mean I work with interns every year um, since I've been doing this I every summer I have college kids that come in um, and I kind of talked to them about curriculum and stuff and I don't know that they they're getting prepared for really jumping into what I'm doing like right. opening up a business yeah. you know especially creatives I think which is strange because well, Erie's a tough market for creatives it is because I mean, we just, don't we're not this renaissance town with all this art support and it, it seems like every time somebody wants to do something a little bit out of the box there's a lot of struggle but being a photographer or a filmmaker, these aren't like out of the box things. I think what, and we talked about this on an earlier episode, is getting um, the leadership here to understand that ultimately photography is a product and film is a product or a documentary is a product. So really it's the same as anything else, whether you're in the, um, you know, on an industrial line and you're cranking out a product that's in a nice shiny box, it's it kind of boils down to the same thing. You still need a business plan, right? You still need to sure. form your business. I know, you know, we, we have obviously different outlets ultimately, but it is kind of, I think Erie can get around um, artists a little better. We're, we're part of the community that I, already exists. I, I mean, I think that change is happening now slowly, but if you go, and, and part of part of this comes from my traveling. So when I lived and worked in like San Francisco, San Diego, I lived in Hawaii for two months. Like when I got to experience like being somebody that lived there, um, some of the best cities in the country have an amazing art um you know like even pittsburgh you know and art isn't just a product um if you so when i did this facebook yeah. post and started really looking into what's going on right now in the arts on a national level what i found was the the importance behind what it is that we do um you can't have a thriving city without art and culture yeah. it just doesn't happen and there's really a lot of at least what i see um resources available right now for growing entrepreneurship but specifically tech and right. um i'm like that's great we need more tech <laughs> but we also to have a really a place where people want to come for the weekend people right. want um to go somewhere and just like a quality of life like disconnect from something else i mean sh there's people that drive to lake erie like every summer for vacations right. this is their vacation and um, there's people that go to chautauqua because they have a lake and some boats or art but they have art there right yeah. so um I mean, they go for the music, they go for the shows. They, so we need to really, as you know, uh, uh, entire, not just the city, but like uh, the district, the area is really take a hard look at like, how can bringing and supporting artists in our area change Erie for the best? Because um, ultimately, you know, having a really established art and culture um, heart in your city draws people in from other cities sure. there's so having um i know like i've been to the mattress factory the andy warhol like i go to pittsburgh all the time because 
it's two hours away and they have really cool stuff there. Yeah. Um, it's about going for an experience. And do we, I can't say that we have somewhere to come here for, you know, like some gallery nights. Those are, those are nice. Those are nice. Um, I remember when I was in Memphis, it's literally like, you're just like being flooded with culture, art, music outside, yeah. like on Bill Street. If you've ever been there, it's like insane. You're just overwhelmed. You're like, it's beautiful. There's artists here. There's music everywhere. Um, you know, same thing with San Francisco. Like literally any of these big cities you can look at and be like, people come here because they want to be entertained. They want to feel something. And yeah. that's what we do as artists is we help people feel feel mm -hmm. uh, we're so wrapped up in our phones and technology and we forget what even an emotion is like they're you know and then to look at like a sculpture to to watch a movie I mean oh my god I, I cry commercials like I'm just like <laughs> so connected to the messages that that artists are trying to convey um and obviously, I mean, I know my message really well. So I know, you know, helping other artists is going to form that. So if we had, you know, an area of town where, you know, in the summer months we had artists just like in New York City, Union Square. I mean, you, just, you know to go there to buy art. Like, it's just on the street. Um, Highline Park in, in New York City is, like, a beautiful park they turned into. It's a it's a sculpture, but it's, like, I don't know. Have you guys been there? It's amazing, right? But there's, like, you get to the little areas, and there's it's art. So it's, like, art yeah. and nature and culture. And it's we could turn the entire bayfront into something like that. Like, we have the ability to do this, but there's – I don't really see, like, somebody spearheading, like – the art and culture movement in Erie, um, starting with art incubators, perhaps, you know, having um, somewhere for artists to actually go and be like, okay, this is what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. um, now, after the post, I have artists contacting me, help me. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I'm only one person. So I have been really? trying to, to see who can help and um, build that team. But I think that's that's a process. It's going to take some time to find the right people. I know that they're here. Mm -hmm. I know the talent is here. Um, I did have a conversation with one of the business owners here that's in the art scene, um, and she kind of broke it down like this. And I don't know how much truth there is into it, but we have a lot of universities here that have art programs. Um, but then all, everybody leaves. Right. <laughs> she said the level of art here is just not where it needs to be. Um, you know, when you're in a bigger city, you have more people to pull from. Um, and so, you know, I think it, with any problem, you need to go back to, like, the original what is really happening here. And um, so main, make, making sure that the artists that are here are getting recognition. Like yeah. I said, I That's have cool. never won an Erie Award. Mm -hmm. I will never be top Erie, whatever that award thing is, right. um, because I don't have a, like this huge following of people that are like, I'm going to vote for Jen. Um, and that... Well, that's you're just, getting there. Well, I, I mean, I don't need that. For right, me, right. I quit a stable job, like a really comfortable job, to be pretty much a broke artist um, when I started. Uh, it, it takes more than motivation of money to be successful. Yeah. Um, there has to be a reason behind it, or it just won't work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when I have – I talk to other artists, uh, and they are super talented – uh, two two things come up. Um, artists should be able to just be artists and not really have to struggle about business. Mm -hmm. So that's why they have galleries. 
Yeah. Um, but I think there's other solutions that we aren't visiting yet that we can take advantage of technology for. Um, and then there's the other artists like me that can kind of right brain, left brain, you know, operate and run a business and be strategic and, and learn about, you know, what really is involved with growing a business mm-hmm. and maintain the art stuff. Um, that's, that's a challenge is to switch gears, but there are artists that want to do both and there are artists that don't. So right. I think having, um, options available for those people because uh, th- let's face it not everybody um, not everybody can be a chef you know right. what I mean um, it's that's it is what it is so yeah. rather than trying to change the person um, providing resources or right. options for them is I think important we need a healthy ecosystem of support for sure when you mentioned universities I know that um, so Stu and I have been, it, it's difficult to make those connections to universities because, um, you know, understandably, I mean, you're a professor now, right. but you're so busy in class, in the classwork in that time. We've tried to approach a lot of like film professors in the area to get really involved in the film society, like directly to help us build an industry here. It's difficult. They don't have the time or the energy. Or already uh, got full-time professional yeah. teaching students. And as much as they would love to help, uh, it's just the bottom line is a matter of time management. And we would love to have, like, you know, the, the best students, you know, get really involved in the community here so that they stick around. And when they're done with school, they don't say, oh, yeah, I can only go to New York or L.A. and yeah. there's, there's no option. How do we change the uh, overall thinking of that art isn't an economic stimulator i mean i know it is but i think erie kind of lacks in that because everyone wants to see the model for tech this is how tech is going to support it'll this works in silicon valley so we know that we can do that successfully in erie right technology but art is in every major city (laughs) right right along with the tech but what's what are we lacking then how do we the leaders Okay. are not in, educated. You have to start at the top and the get vision. and get a conversation going. Um, if nobody's talking about it, nobody's listening. I mean, yeah. so I had a meeting with a good friend of mine who's kind of plugged in here in the, in the community, and he's like, you need to go to the mayor's office. I'm like, what? Um, but he's right. Like, mm-hmm. I need to go talk to the people that can actually make a difference and start this conversation with people that can connect the dots. Um, because let's face it, like, in order to bring something like this to Erie, I need the support of those people that aren't thinking about this. Yeah. Um, and so... What they're thinking about is how many overnights and how many meals are going to be eaten. So depending on what the event is, you know, they're like, okay, that's tourism dollars. So, which is easier for film, but like she's saying, maybe if we exactly, get a nice collective, we get a nice collective of artists kind of approaching in mass, you know, a lot of voices, maybe we can play to kind of all of our strengths, like I'm, the tourism, hotels, yeah, catering, that side which again, of film. You shouldn't have to worry yeah. about that stuff. You're an artist as a photographer, but that's, I think, I feel that is one of the key things of that's how they the talk. Artist. Yeah. They want to know, like, how well, how many people are you bringing into town, exactly. and does it boil? It boils down to this dollar it's, amount, it's, right? It, yeah, and that's definitely one part of it. The other part is creating jobs. Right. Like, it's not like we don't create jobs, um, and I think 
that's one of the things that, uh, I don't know, I'm just saying this based on what I've seen. Uh, they think, you know, they're going to give money to these tech companies. They're going to hire 500 people. Um, yeah, maybe that might happen here or there. But, but a lot like, of startups are just like one or two people also. Right. right? And generally, like all these, these tech app- that they're building, what is the tech application? Is it going to be like some new animation thing? Which, okay, that animation thing eventually right. will be a, you know, a series, movie, what have you. Is it, you know, I don't know, new, new app? That app's going to need creative resources to build that too. You know, sure, and we definitely it all feeds have each other. Yeah, we it, it, it does. There's all different. I mean, setting up a presentation for somebody that's willing to listen. I think because it's not just about um, helping artists, bringing in people from out of city, out of town, out of state. Even, um, why do you go yeah. to Niagara, Niagara Falls? Huh? They have water that flows <laughs> over a rock. Like <laughs> we have to give people a reason to come here. Like yeah. to create either. Um, if you look at Austin, I mean South by Southwest, like people, and there's tons of culture there and little, sh- little, small business. It's, yeah. it's about for me, it's about creating, supporting artists and creating a bunch of small businesses rather than one giant tech company, um, because those people are going to hire, you know, four, five, ten people that didn't that couldn't get work. Right? They're creatives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're sitting at home like, ah, what do I do? Um, but there are people that are already here in the community that want to work and, and have the ability. I think it, the conversation needs to, um, we don't have to have a community of artists talking and then another separate business community. Like we need to mesh mm-hmm. some someplace and and have that open conversation. Like how can this help Erie? Um, I mean, I can think, like my brain is just going crazy right now of all the cool possibilities that we have. Um, it's tough because we're like this six months of winter, six months of whatever else it's called. Um, but there's definitely time there to do out, outdoor activities. And we do have a lot of little things, but like to create an area, especially they're redoing this whole Bayfront area, mm-hmm. um, to have people, local people come in and do sculpture or documentaries or like like right. shooting films here. I mean, that's you guys. Yeah, I couldn't but like, agree with you more on that. Because the other thing is, too, and obviously we're surrounded by Cleveland, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. And everybody says, oh, let's go to the big city. Well, what about all these people that are in the big city that say, let's get out of town for a day? Right. And we're two hours away from those three major cities, so we should be thinking of something and you know, being more proactive about we this. We can do a lot more than we have the lake and the beach, and that's all we do. And we right. can only do that for a certain amount of time every year, and the rest of the year we've got nothing to offer. Yeah. True. I mean, I, I don't know that much about it, but if you look at Chautauqua, I mean – they're very seasonal with their the people season. that comes in, um, but it's it's a it's a model. It doesn't yeah. mean something that we need to adapt. But if you, I think, looking at different like cities and figuring out, you know, I mean, it would be cool if we didn't have to rely on the outside. It would it'd be great to have a southwest southwest here, yeah. but um, or a giant art show or just a place. Um, where was I? I forget what city I was in. Was it Chicago? I don't know. There's somewhere you can go. I think it's Chicago. Um, and they just have, like, water coming out of the ground, and kids go there to play all summer long. Like, it, it tracks yeah. people, and it's, like, it's kind of, like, this art thing, but it's, like, fun and interactive. Like, Maybe it's time to redo the fountain at Perry Square. Maybe. Yeah, that's, that a, that's a great awesome. idea. And we can I mean, contract it by an artist, you know. Right. So it, uh, having funded. the conversation, I think, is what it goes back to, is talking mm-hmm. to pe- the mayor 
um, the EDDC, like the, all these new organizations that are forming to revitalize Erie, this is the time to be talking because they're already having the conversation of how can we change Erie. Right. But they might be missing some us. voices. <laughs> right. I, I right. can give a plug to the county executive. Kathy Dahlkemper totally gets yes. what we're doing. Um, Just a matter of sure. convincing more people. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she could be a, a good ally with taking next steps. Because there's definitely resources here. It's just they're not working because there's stipulations on them or you have to be like you have to meet these guidelines and or they just don't believe in what you're doing. So they, you know, bat you away. And it's Mm -hmm. not that's not really that doesn't help. Um, That doesn't really help. So like really taking a look of the process um, and connecting the resources together like oh when you're done with us we're going to send you over to this and this is where you're going to learn this Um, that's not happening at least for me it didn't happen and I know after that post I had a a lot of conversation on the post but then in behind the scenes other people that didn't want to say anything on the post were like yes this is exactly what's happened to me it's happening now it's still happening so i'm like wow this was eight years ago that i went and tried to find help like well so but it was great that you posted that i mean i think it kind of got us all you know re-energized which which helped for sure it certainly did and and i like the the fact that um people were reaching out to me that weren't artists that were like oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, I am so glad that you're starting this conversation again. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a, it's challenging because, yeah, like I have my own business. Sure. I'm a mom. Like, I have my things. But I will always make room for people that want to um, change the way. I, I believe in other people's missions. Like, um, so if there's if there are people that are, are like, yes, I want to be involved in this, I need to hear from you. Because yeah. I, I'm not, this is not something that I'm uh, wanting to tackle on my own. Um, it's not just for me. Yeah. It's for the community. So, yeah. Well, we're, we're here as well. So, <laughs> so let's, awesome. uh, Thank you. if anyone listening to this um, is interested in having this bigger discussion, um, whether you're a creative or not, um, let's get a get a hold of the film society. Get a hold of Jennifer, and uh, let's let's see how this goes, and if we can start forming a a new group for a new vision for Erie. The Art Coalition. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to check out Jennifer's post on Facebook about the discussion we just had, it's at Erie PA Entrepreneurs Public Group. Just uh, search for Jennifer Dworak, and uh, you will see her post. Okay, that's been our episode. I'd like to thank Jennifer Dwork of Dwork Photography for joining us today. And remember, you can buy your tickets for Cold War at filmsocietynwpa.org or at the doors. Doors open Wednesday at 530 at the Bourbon Barrel, Film Grain, 1213 State Street. And make sure you follow us on social media. You'll find all of our tags and links in the show notes for the episode. Until next time, this was Film Grain. This podcast is produced by Edinburgh University Center for Branding and Strategic Communication. It's a part of the Northwestern Pennsylvania Innovation Beehive Network.